Before we get started, I'd like to thank all of our adult leaders. Um, if you're here, stand up. Richie Cooper, Harold Parsons, David Weaver, Doug McDaniel, Beth Clegg, Carla McDaniel, Jill Nickerson, and Dallas Ellis. Can we give them a hand? Two of them. Woo. Um, I'm going to pray for us, and we'll, we'll hear from the students. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for, first of all, allowing us together here and worship you tonight. Um, ask that you continue to bless the students, um, continue to touch them like you did at camp. Um, ask that you, you will allow them to be a light in the world as they go back to school in the next month or so. Um, ask that you just continue to grow them in you. In your son's name, I ask these things. Amen. Hi. <laughs> So this year at camp, we went to Louisiana Tech, and it was a nice campus. People were nice, and worship was really great. You could tell that God was there every day. And I think God spoke to me the most through the speaker who was there. His name was Dave, and he was just really real, and he talked about what was important and what was on his heart. So I think he was a lot different from most speakers at camps. And on... The first night that we were there, or the first full day at night, <laughs> uh, he was talking about this kind of pottery. It was like Japanese, and it's like, I forget what it's called, but it starts with a K. But it's like, <laughs> so when someone breaks a pottery, like if it falls off a shelf or something, and it's in pieces and stuff, Instead of like throwing away all the broken pieces, they take it and they get this like lacquer stuff and it's like glue and they mix it together with this gold powder and they put the pieces back together and they make it into something even better than it was before. And it's like really cool and unique because you can see all the cracks in it. And, but it's like beautiful because it's golden and it's, it's something great that the artist has done with something broken. And like that's what God's done with us. And, he takes our broken pieces and the things that we've messed up, and he makes us into something even better than we were before. And so that's what I learned from Dave. Okay, so my favorite thing was Dave, too. And on Tuesday night, he um, his main point was that what we see and what God sees looking at us may be different. And... What he talked about was the story of Jacob in Genesis 32, verses 22 through 32. And the whole passage was about how Jacob fought with God for an entire night. And um, even though God knew Jacob's name, he still asked him, Jacob, what is your name? And in, in the Bible, Jacob means holder of the heel or deceiver. And when Jacob answered, giving him his name, God said, okay, you know what, that's not your name anymore. Your name is Israel. And through that, I learned that before camp, I was Jacob before his name changed. I, you know, did, I struggled with knowing if God actually heard me when I prayed to him. But after I left camp, I learned that, you know, God really does listen. And even though he's not fixing me on my time, he's fixing me on his time. So that's what I learned. Well, one of the things that stuck out to most to me was the campsites that we went to. My group, we all split up. My group, we went to the community center, and we, when we got there, we, like, sat and ate lunch with them and stuff, 
and then we kind of split up. Most of them went with like the older kids, and they were gonna go play like kickball and be athletic and stuff. And I wasn't about that, so I decided I was gonna go with the five to seven year olds and play with them. And we just hung out inside. So when I got in there, we we're just—it was Carly and I. We sat down, and they wanted to play with our hair. And so we we're like, sure. And one of them had asked her about like her cross necklace or something. Anyway, so we started telling them like Bible stories, like Noah's Ark and stuff like that. And so it went—it was all girls around us. Well, later. We went and played like board games and like Jenga and stuff. Well, I had sat down with a group of boys and I was trying to teach them how to play Jenga and then they started arguing so I just kind of backed away and watched them. Well, so then I was sitting there watching and then out of nowhere, this little boy comes up and whispers, did you know Jesus died on the cross for us? And I was like, well, yeah. I said, you know that? And so apparently he had heard, he'd been listening to Carly and I tell Bible stories all earlier. And so... I had been writing down some of their names and told them I was going to be praying for them that week. And so this little boy, Kellen, he came up to, this is the same boy, he was like, can you write my name down? I was like, yes, of course. And so I asked him his name and asked him his age and wrote it down. And so then he like stuck by my side the rest of the time. And the next day we got there and he came up to me and he like tapped on my leg and he was like, Ray, he said, did you pray for me? I said, yes, of course. I said, I told you I would. He said, oh. And so then he like, so... Through that, basically, God showed me that even when you don't see people, they are actually watching your every move, and that when you tell somebody you're going to pray for them, even though they might not come back to you and ask, did you pray for them, then they're going to be expecting you to pray for them. So that's what God showed me at camp. Okay, so I know that camp is one of my favorite weeks of the year, and a lot of ours, too. And um, this year was amazing, and I love how we're out of our comfort zone and we're at a different city, and it's just fun to get to serve and be with everybody, even though we may get kind of tired of each other by the end of the week. But um, (laughs) the theme this year was called Set Apart, and at the beginning of the year, I was kind of like, what does Set Apart really even mean? And towards the end of the week, it became more clear. And I really like how Dave, he was like, we need to set apart from the world and from worldly things. And we need to cling to God. And we need to have freedom in him and know that he's always there. And I just really liked that. And he talked about how we always think that I haven't been called or I haven't been called to go here or there to do this. But we don't realize that we have been called. And that we need to, instead of telling people, come to church or like so adamant about going to church, but we need to be it because it's an action. And um, so I really like the theme and that really talked to me. And um, we went to a mission camp. So like Ray said, we went to a site every day and I got put with the nursing home. And that was different for me and out of my comfort zone because I'm always with kids and I've never really been like, you know, done a nursing home before. But it was so neat because when we walked in, just like their face lit up and you could see their smile and how they reacted when they knew that we were at camp. But we came for three hours of our day to come and talk to them. And they thought that it was so neat that someone cared and someone loved them to give our time and put it into their time. And that really blessed me. Um... Uh, throughout the day we had like different groups that we were in we had like a Bible study group and our mission site group and so we were out of our comfort zone in that because we were with people that we never really talked to even though they were in our student ministry and so we got to make friendships with people that we probably never would have if we were just here 
And so we still can carry that on out and still talk to those people that we were in the different groups with. And like they said, the speaker and the worship was really good. And I thought that it was really neat how that each and every night it spoke to a different person in a different way. Like I could have gotten something totally different out of something that someone sitting next to me could have got out of it. And one of the things that I really liked that the speaker said was talking about God isn't the same as following him. We can talk about him all we want, but it's not the same as going out in our life and doing things that show that we love him. And um, one of my favorite things was worship and how each and every night we were just like us and God and it was just us praising him and like we didn't have a care in the world and the very last night I opened my eyes and looked around and all of us were just like holding hands and hugging each other and we just looked like a big family because that's what we were and that's what I love about camp. How y'all doing? Um. Like Emily said, a camp is usually about my favorite time of the year because I get to get away from people and uh, <laughs> just go to camp with a bunch of my friends that I go to church with and go to school with, and we just have a great time. But this camp was a lot different to me this year than the past camps I've been to because the worship leaders were just amazing. Every song they sang was just straight to the heart it was just awesome and uh, Dave was a really good preacher in my opinion he was just straightforward he didn't leave no gaps to me and that was just some of my favorite things about this camp this year and also this year was the mission camps and my group went to a boys and girls club which was really cool to me because I got to watch Dustin get dunked on by a 14 year old which was awesome. And I got to meet this little kid named James who would just talk to me all the time. And he was, I don't know his background, none, but he asked me to try to keep in touch with him. And I don't, I didn't tell him I could. I told him I might be able to. I have, I didn't promise him nothing because I didn't, I don't know him or anything. And that just helped me think, well, maybe I can do more and just try to keep in touch with him and just, I guess, help them. But another thing was, I think, either Wednesday or Thursday night, me and a couple other guys went down front to uh, the balcony, and we were sitting there singing, and we started locking arms, and it was like probably 30 of us just sitting there swaying back and forth. We were as close as I've ever been to another person in Christ like that. And... That helped me think, well, we should get we should get together like that more often because we all go to the same church. We're in the same youth group. We've known each other for years, and we should be able to express ourselves like that more often because <clears throat> I don't ever see that on Wednesday nights here, and I want to see that more this year, and just I want to see us bond more. I've spoke with some of the adults and some of the students, and y'all know me, I don't come up with things that are good to say very often, so I'm gonna repeat myself, so don't call me out on that. Um, 
a lot of y'all have mentioned uh, the pastor Dave Rhodes. Um, he was definitely a little bit different than most years we go to camp. Yes, sir. <laughs> anyway, I like that. Anyway, um, there's two things he said to me that I think we can kind of use to over to have an overarching theme of camp, but we can also use while we're here back home. The first thing he said is a lot of times church seems more like a production than it does a family. Um, I, it, here at Wynn Baptist, and especially in the, in the student ministry, we have a world-class production company. I mean, we, things are on the, on the spot, on time, everything's great. But a lot of times, we really don't pay that much attention to each other. We're, we're not acting like a family. I think there's that potential there, but we don't. And I think, as a lot of y'all have mentioned, that at least for camp, we were a family. We were together. We were doing things that you wouldn't have imagined otherwise. And that's great. And it was really, like River said, I mean, that was the, I mean, he said the joke about the closest he's been to somebody, but that's really the closest I've been to another brother or sister in Christ in a long time. A second thing that he said, um, this was another one of his sermons, he said that there are people out there that will not come to church. They will not ever step, for, step foot inside these walls, but they're desperately needing the church to go to them. You've heard um, people describe all the sites they went to. I believe there was a boys and girls club, a um, community center, there was a nursing home, an assisted living center, and these people's faces, like they said, just lit up while we were around them. And we had opportunities to share the gospel with them and to really show love to them. You know, Jesus says that they'll know us Christians by our love. Um, this was a great way for us to really just be in the moment and loving on people that we didn't even know. Um, I've said this before, but I, was, I went to the community center with the eight-year-olds and the assisted living center with the 80-year-olds, and both of them said the same things. Um, they, they both had 10 girlfriends, and um, all of them gave me dating advice. And they had the greatest stories to tell, the greatest money and clothes and everything. So <laughs> it, it was at least uh, entertaining. But also, we got to see their hearts. And we learned from them, and I think they learned from us. And I, I wish we could bring that back here in full force and really go with that and go on to a next year and go to a new year and use what we've learned. And I think we'll all be better off for it. How y'all doing? Is this loud enough? Am I loud enough? I hope I am, because you better hear me, because I couldn't hear myself in that video. One sec. So, uh, like Emily, one of my favorite times of the year is church camp, and there's a lot of things you get to experience at church camp. You know, you get to experience great worship, you get to experience, you know, great sermons, but the thing that I really think is pretty awesome about church camp is just the amount of fellowship that you get to see there. You know, during our small group studies, worship nights, and even at our mission sites, it's pretty evident that the youth of our church were growing closer just from being around each other, which is just an amazing thing. It might not sound that crazy when you think about it. It's an amazing thing seeing that when it's happening. And I feel like this whole thing, the fellowship thing, is something that we as Christians have all heard before, but I feel like it's something that even I have been convicted about just not taking it seriously. So uh, 
there's a verse that this reminded me of, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10, which says, Two are better than one, because they will have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not other to lift him up. One of the main reasons that we're called to be in fellowship with each other, not only is to pour in and out of each other, but it's also to lift each other up. You know, you don't just invite somebody to church and then pat them on the back, pat them on the back and say, good luck, and just expect them to thrive. That doesn't happen. You know, you've got to be around for that person like a family through the good and the bad, whether it's comfortable or not being out of your comfort zone. And so I think I have enough time for this. But um, one of the things that I had to work on a lot, kind of being an awkward person, is getting out of my comfort zone. Sometimes I had to be pushed out of my comfort zone. So um, she's going to get mad at me for this. Y'all see my mom back there? Can everybody just wave and say, hey, Miss Lori? Thank you. She's going to kill me later. But anyways, um, yeah, so you may not think it's that big of a deal. You know, see that person who's just having a hard time. But um, I know from personal experience that even just a pat on the back and saying, man, I'm caring about you, I'm praying about you, and then following up on that, don't just say it, do it. That means the world to someone. So that's kind of what camp reminded me of. Our, our students at camp, they told you we were at mission camp and, and they represented Wim Baptist Church really well. Uh, you would have been proud of our students. Um, they worked hard, they worshiped hard, they prayed hard, they played hard. You can see all that in that video. They're, they're kind of nuts, but they're, uh, I'm proud of them. And I, I love our student ministry. And I'm so thankful that I get to be a part of it and in the way I do. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, tonight I want to share, share with you something that blew me away at student camp. On Wednesday night, the band got up and played and worship was really good. Uh, the students were all worshiping. They were in it. They were involved. They were encountering Christ. You could see it. Uh, I think it was more than a, an emotional deal. They were really face-to-face -face with Christ. And after the band got done, they did a skit. And the skit was good. It kind of played out through the week. And it was a powerful skit. And then... After the skit was done, the camp director got on stage and he made a plea for Compassion International. Most of you have probably heard of Compassion International, but it is a, a group that does work in other countries. You, you sponsor children that are in poverty level at other countries. And, and you get to a, a sponsor one child and you get to interact with that child, and, and that's what Compassion does. And they made a plea for, for everybody to, to sponsor a child. As soon as they made the plea, uh, some of our students went down there and, and they sponsored a child. Some of them went together as a group, and that, and that blessed me that they heard the call of God on their life and they acted. But then something 
altogether different happened. That have been meeting on their own, not by my wishes, uh, just because they want to meet for Bible study. They're older students. They meet on Tuesday mornings at Daylight Donuts. I don't know if they digest the word much, but they keep Daylight Donut in business. And they've been, they've been meeting for a while now on every Tuesday. And they've even gone to get some younger children or some younger teenagers to meet with them on Thursday. Uh, I didn't encourage them to do that. That was all them. They got some younger children, younger students to meet with them on Thursday, and they're, they're discipling them on Thursday mornings. Pretty cool stuff, if you ask me. It's a God deal. Well, one of those guys that is involved in that group comes down and he talks to some more guys. And, and I happen to be sitting one seat over from the rest of the group. And, and one of them comes down from behind us and he says, Hey guys, let's, let's sponsor a child through Compassion with, with our small group. And, and they kind of start hashing it out. And it was fun to watch. Three of them are fixing to be moving. A couple of them are going to college. One of them's going to another school. And, and they said, you know, I don't know if it would be wise if, for us to do that because we're leaving and, and we're not going to be a part of the group anymore. And the guy that came down said, man, I really think, I really think we need to do this. And then another one spoke up and said, I don't think, I don't think we need to do this. I, I just... I don't feel like this is what we need to do right now because of how our group dynamic is. And the other one said, I really think that, that God wants us to do this. And it went back and forth, and I'm creeping hard. Um, for you older people, that means eavesdropping. I'm, I'm creeping, I'm like listening real good to this go down. It's going back and forth, and I'm I'm thinking, all right, somebody's fixing to hit somebody or something, and, and it goes back and forth for a while now. I'm talking about a few minutes pass. And one of them pipes up and says, you know what? We need to pray about this. We, we just need to pray about this. And they all get down on their knees right there in front of everybody, and the compassion thing's still going on. And they're praying in this group. And I'm creeping on the prayer. And they're saying, God, we'll do whatever you want us to do. Just, just please let us, let us be unified. Please tell us what you want us to do, and we'll do it. And they got up, and when they were done praying, they started embracing one another. All of them started embracing one another. And later, I talked to them, and they said, you know what, when we prayed, I talked to all of them on both sides of the conversation, and they said, when we prayed, God really showed us exactly what we ought to do. And, and we totally agree what we ought to do. 
church. I think we need to learn from that. I think we need to watch our students in that. The preacher gets up. Story keeps going. <laughs> if you want to turn there, you can turn to 1 Corinthians 11 with me. This is the passage he begins to read, to preach to us that night. 1 Corinthians 11. He started in verse 17. I'm reading from the Holman Christian Standard Version. He told us to box verse 17, to, to underline it, mark it. It says, Now in giving the following instructions, I do not praise you, since you come together not for the better but for the worse. He, he told us, he said, Guys, it's possible for a church to hurt its community more than help it. That's where he started. Verse 18, For to begin with, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. Can you believe I witnessed this go down? And right in front of my face, I was creeping on them. And then here comes this pastor, and this is what he's saying. It may not mean much to you, but I think God was speaking to me in this deal. There must indeed be factions among you so that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together, it is, not really to eat, it is not really to eat the Lord's Supper. For at the meal, each one eats his own supper ahead of others. No, so one person is hungry while another gets drunk. Don't you have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you look down on the church of God and embarrass those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Should I praise you? I do not praise you for this. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he also took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant established by my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. So a man should examine himself. In this way, he should eat the bread and drink from the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many are sick and ill among you and have... And many have fallen asleep. If we were properly evaluating ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, he should eat at home. So that when you gather together, you will not come under judgment. And I will give instructions about the other matters whenever I come. I just want to read to you a couple of the notes I wrote down that Dave said. He said, The greatest insult or embarrassment to Jesus' life of selflessness is for us to live selfishly. He said, It kills the church when believers accept the work of Christ, but they don't embrace the way of Christ. 
He said the Corinthians were so full of themselves that it was impossible for them to be filled with anything else. I saw our students do what Dave said we should be before Dave said it. And it blessed me. And, and I, want, I want to encourage you tonight. I, I want to plead with you tonight that if there's anything among us Let's take care of it. Is it possible that the Lord Jesus may have put a circumstance in your life, a hardship in your life, that you have taken personal, that He meant for kingdom expression? Do you know what I mean? Somebody may have hurt you, and the Lord Jesus allowed you to be hurt, hurt so that you could express the forgiveness that you have experienced through the cross of Christ, but we have taken it personal, and we have made it about me. Those kids that bowed in front of me and prayed said, it's not about me. It's about your kingdom going forward. And y'all, it challenged the fire out of me. And I think it would challenge the fire out of a world that right now is filled with hate and drought if we showed a little bit of salt and light. There's so much darkness, surely a little bit of light would shine right now. I also want to ask you, if you have ever trusted this Jesus. I love what Dave said, that sometimes we buy into the work of Christ. We want His salvation, but we don't buy into the life of Christ. Jesus calls us into His life to follow Him, to walk with Him. Does that describe your walk with Him? I want to ask you, if you've taken something personal that God may have meant for kingdom expression, will you repent of that tonight and move forward so that the community of Wynn will see that we are real? Because I promise you they will. Bow with me. We're going to sing one more song and, and we'll be dismissed. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm thankful for the students that you've placed in our student ministry. I'm thankful that you have chosen them to be a part. They are a huge part of our church. They are not the church of the future. We need them today. God, I pray that you would use them in our community. I pray that you would use them to challenge those around us. I pray that you would bless them and their lives. God, I pray for our church and I pray for our community. God, sometimes it's, it's almost, we need to be thankful for the darkness because it's opportunity. It's opportunity to shine. It's opportunity to be salt. 
Father, just like I prayed for our students, I pray tonight for this response time. That whatever needs to be done, whatever needs to, be, whatever needs to happen, I pray that we would just look into your eyes and say yes. Move among us. Do whatever you want. In Jesus' name, amen.